Well, it's hearing day in the Pac-12, you know, legally speaking. We're all trying to hear what's going on. So what should we expect today? Maybe as much as you think, and maybe not. You are Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pac-12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, and your number one source to stay up to date with our media rights and soon to be mostly team-free. But until then, beloved and loaded conference of champions, like, comment, subscribe, rate, and review, please, and thank you wherever you listen to or watch this show, which today is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions do indeed apply. So it's a big day in the Pac-2-12 lawsuit. Oregon State and Washington State on one side, the 10 departing schools and George Klyovkov and the conference and whatnot on the other. There isn't really going to be a big update until we actually hear what comes out of this particular hearing. We are, though. Moving closer towards clarity as to what the PAC's next move is going to be. So just a quick little recap for those who might not be totally up to date on everything. The 10 departing schools are arguing that the revenue from this year and past years currently controlled by the PAC-12 conference, still a legal entity, is belonging to them in some capacity and that they should get a share of it. Washington State and Oregon State are saying, no, 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 no. That money goes to the conference. You're no longer a part of the conference. We should get control of all of it. And they're trying to adjudicate in court whether or not Oregon State and Washington get some of it, none of it, all of it, a huge chunk of it, somewhere in between. We're going to find out. I am not a lawyer, so I will not come on here and try to read between the tea leaves and read the law and lead you astray, potentially, one way or the other, as to where I feel that Oregon State and Washington State are going to come out, whether or not they'll get on uh, the correct side of, of this case from where they're standing. I do want them to get more than, you know, like, I don't know if they should get 100% of it, just from like a non-legal perspective. Because like the revenue for 2023-24, I've read they're also trying to go after that. And I go, well, I don't don't know. Those schools are still there. But again, I don't know all the legal jargon and and whatnot. But Oregon State, Washington State should, from a call it a moral standpoint, come out ahead here. And they should be able to get money that they can use in one of a couple ways. Number one, they can use it to continue to fund their athletic departments at a power five level, the operating expenses and the coaching salaries of a power five versus a group of five are not even close. Just as a part, as a part of it, for example, the media rights distributions to the Mountain West schools are somewhere in the five to $8 million range. Yeah, the, the, the Pac-12 schools, remember, we're looking for a deal in the $30 million range, and Big 12 is in 31.6. That's just in media rights. That's not factoring in donations. That's not factoring in ticket sales. That's not factoring corporate sponsorships. 
and a lot of other ways an athletic department comes to have its total amount of revenue. It is tens of millions of dollars higher at Power 5 schools than it is at G5 schools or FCS programs. So when you look at what they're trying to go after here, that is, I think, the number one priority for them is keep the revenue as steady as possible so that they are able to continue operating, at least in the interim, at a Power 5 level. Is that going to continue? We'll see. We'll see how much they get. We'll see what actually you know comes of it in that sense. So that's what they are trying to do. And this is you know NCAA tournament units and college football playoff revenue and, and like all, all sorts of different aspects are you know the, the, the essentially the cash fund that, that Oregon State and Washington State are going after here. Now there is not a guarantee. We'll, we'll get something out of the hearing today. We might not get everything. And that's what I want people to be prepared for and understand is that this is something that is potentially going to get all resolved today. And it might also have an appeal to it. There has been discussion about whether or not that could take place. There's been, you know, they might decide part of it now and might have to decide other parts of it later. We should get something one way or the other. It's just kind of a question of how much, which will then leave Oregon State and Washington State with one of a few options. Number one, operate as a two-team conference, cobble together a schedule, sit on the extra money that you've got to continue operating as Power 5 schools, and basically say the 2024 athletic season is you know, kind of a throwaway while they set up their future plans, which could include a merger with the Mountain West, a reverse merger where the Mountain West dissolves and everyone plays under the label of the Pac-12 and that becomes a new conference, that is an option. They could also be a two-team league for one year and then rebuild the conference with a combination of American Conference and Mountain West Conference teams. That could be an option. Or they could say, no, we're done with the Pac-12 didn't get enough of the assets. There is no point in being, you know, the, the governors of that legal entity and institution anymore. And we're just going to go join the Mountain West. Those are basically the options that exist presently for Oregon State and Washington State, who, who should be, and I think are in the long term, thinking, how do we best position ourselves to be power for expansion options when the next round of realignment shows its head? When the next round of realignment pops its metaphorical gopher head out of the ground, how do we make sure that we're in that gopher's line of sight? Whether that's the ACC or the Big 12, I don't know. But that is where they should be thinking long term. But in the short term, there's about a six to seven year gap, probably maybe five years before that comes up and they have to be able to position themselves in a strong place as they possibly can. And once that lawsuit, once the hearing happens and, and everything, you know, gets adjudicated the way that, you know, what I have no idea what that's what that's going to be. We're all waiting to see what the outcome is. Then we'll have a better idea of what the options actually are financially, what sort of you know debts and liabilities they have to take on, what sort of assets they control. The, the other thing that I don't think it's talked about much is if if Oregon State and Washington State plays it two-team conference in 2024 the pac-12 does not presently have a media deal what have i been saying to my intro to this show for a long time one day i might change it i don't know if i'm ever going to be able to there's no media deal there is still the pac-12 network that still exists 
But if you're Oregon State and Washington State, are you willing to go an entire season where the biggest platform you play a football or basketball game on is the Pac-12 network? Maybe. If it were only for a year, maybe that'd be the case. But that's kind of a weird element and something that makes some form of alliance, whether in whether it's a scheduling alliance or a merger or you know joining with or a reverse merger or something with the Mountain West, a very real possibility because I, I look at that and say, it's it's a component here. You're not going to go back to the table and talk to Apple and say, "Hey, remember that deal that you you'd proposed? Yeah, let's 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 get back into that." And uh, oh, by the way, we've got two teams here. I mean, maybe they'd pick up a couple games. That's kind of an interesting thought as I as I record this show, because Apple TV is just kind of like dabbling things here and there. You know, like they they're a rights holder for. The MLS, but they only have a couple games for Major League Baseball. Right? They have like select few matchups that they that they televise. Maybe they do that and say, "Yeah, sure, we'll we'll broadcast this, dip our toe in the water, so to speak, in the college football world." I don't know, but that's kind of what's at stake. We don't know what the outcome is is going to be just yet. Once we do, we'll have a better idea of what Oregon State and Washington State's next move can be and what it should be. Now. With regards to the college football playoff, there is something that is kind of being underreported or at least under-discussed in my view that is, is definitely relevant to this situation. The Jace case from Jace Medical is, re- is relevant to everybody's situation because you don't want to be caught unprepared in today's world. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. Jace handles everything from all online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Go get your Jace case today. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. And all it takes to get a Jace case is fill out a simple online form. And in some cases, jump on a quick call with one of their board certified physicians. Get ongoing care from their physicians on any treatment related questions. Doctor created, doctor recommended. If you or someone you love would love to get some peace of mind by having your supply of any daily medication, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember, use promo code locked on for $20 off your purchase at jacemedical.com. So something I saw on the ESPN ticker the other day that just kind of got, you know, swept under the rug a little bit. It's just kind of there is that the college football playoff committee, instead of what is currently the plan for 2024 and beyond in the 12 team playoff that I lament so much, because so many of these games that we're playing out down the stretch, which is, uh, you know, not me as much like, oh my gosh, what if Alabama does it? What if that? Well, you know, not going to matter in a 12 team playoff. Everybody will get in. So, anyway, that's a brief synopsis for those of you that are new here. I thank you for being here, by the way. But that's a brief synopsis of why I'm not a fan of the 12 team playoff. So, when you look at what they are currently doing, it's the six highest ranked conference champions and six at large spots. That format was presented, approved, and brought to the public when the Pac 12 was still a thing. And at the very least, the Pac 10 was going to exist with everyone except the Los Angeles schools. I think that would have flown and been okay. It, it, it did not inherently guarantee each conference that particular spot, but There is now going to be real discussion and has been of a five plus seven model. The five 
highest ranked conference champions and seven at-large berths, which spoiler alert is going to give another slot to the big 10 or the sec. I know hot take hot take from this guy here, which obviously I'm not in my usual setup. I'm on, uh, on the road with the Southern Utah men's basketball team. So I'm up in Logan, Utah, recording this podcast from a hotel room right now with some pretty awesome Wi-Fi. So shout out to Spring Hill Suites. But I think that that is telling about what the path forward for Oregon State and Washington State could be. Because one thing that has always been in the back of everybody's minds with this pending conference relegation that Oregon State and Washington State 1,000% do not deserve is that if you are in, let's say they just joined the Mountain West, no reverse merger or anything, but they just join the Mountain West. The highest ranked group of five conference champion is going to get into the 12-team playoff every year. That's part of the appeal of this 12-team format. The thinking behind it was we have five power conferences and those conference champions should automatically get in, which is really stupid, but that's where we are. So the thinking was the power five and then one group of five, and then we'll have six at-large berths, which we all know are going to be split amongst the power conferences. If you had a six plus six model in a PAC two world, there isn't actually a guarantee of the Oregon State, Washington State Pac-2 champion being one of the highest ranked conference champions because what sort of schedule could they put together? I don't know. You don't know. Now in 2024, it could have worked out really well for Oregon State. But reportedly, this model is being presented and the obstacle that it faces is, my understanding, they need unanimous support in order to change it. And one of the people that has a vote is Kirk Schultz. He's the president of Washington State University. Not exactly in his best interests to say, yeah, sure, we'll just give another at-large spot to one of the conferences that we aren't currently a part of. That limits his team's ability to get into the college football playoff. Now, the five plus seven model reportedly is going to be presented I have also seen reports that Kirk Schultz is a little bit more open to different options here. What does that say about Oregon State and Washington State and their future? It would indicate to me just on the surface, and it's a very surface level, you know, kind of story and level of reporting that we've got on it at this point. But him being open to the five plus seven model makes me think that he's got an idea of what conference the Beavs and the Cougs are going to be in come 2024. And he feels that whatever conference that is gives his team a chance, if they're the conference champion, to be the highest ranked champion among the group of five and therefore get into the 12-team playoff. That is my suspicion, but it is still, that's a very preliminary, that's a very early conclusion. That's like, That's like making short ribs, which is done over many hours when done properly, right? You braise them, you know, you kind of sear them in the pan. Then you throw in a little mirepoix, some chicken broth, some red wine, spices, and herbs. And then you let them sit. That's like taking the lid off, my conclusion there. 30 minutes into, let's call it a two-hour cooking process, low and slow, and saying, 
oh, yeah, I think these are going to work out really, really well. Right now, we see everything. The colors coming together. The smell is really good. There's still a ways to go, and a lot of things could change between now and then. You could at one point in time learn that you forgot to add the chicken broth and you're not going to get the flavor that you actually really wanted there. You could overcook the ribs and they're not as tender as you want them to be when you sit them on a bed of mashed potatoes, right? So still lots to get to there. And I think that that's noteworthy though, and that you should be aware of it. And, and then the other part of it too, is that the league's whatever conference is going for an automatic qualifying spot has to have eight members to get the AQ. So Oregon State and Washington State would have to have a non-two-team conference. They could still be the Pac-2 in 2024, but they wouldn't qualify for an AQ as a conference champion, which I think makes a lot of sense. They could still get into the 12-team playoff as, a, as the Pac-2 in 2024. Why? Because they could get an at-large berth depending on the schedule they're able to put together. Think about this. Oregon State, let's say they beat Washington, lose to Oregon, and win a good bowl game against a solid team. They go 10-3 and three again. What was their preseason ranking this year? It was close to 15, if memory serves. I think it was 15 or 16. And what exactly do you need to be to get one of those potentially seven at-large berths? Probably within the top 15. The entire top 15 won't get there. It's not the 12 highest ranked teams, six highest ranked conference champions, plus six teams. Possible, depending on the schedule they could put together for, for next year. So the hearings today, uh, by the way, a, a mailbag question came in that I realized I kind of forgot to get to uh, a little bit earlier. Uh, it said, quote, uh, regarding an issue that will affect every team in the current Pac-12, especially Oregon State, Washington State, what's the status of the Pac-2 lawsuit in uh, in in the county? I think he spelled it wrong. And what is the likely timing of the outcome? Uncertainty could heavily impact recruiting in the transfer portal, and that decision uh, will likely be appealed. So I talked about all the you know appeal stuff and kind of what I think might happen, what could happen, and, and, and everything there earlier on the show. But the question about the transfer portal is the important one here. So Jake Dickert, as open and honest as they come, I respect the heck out of that guy. And I think his football team is going to win on Friday night against Colorado. But I really respect him because he's very honest about all this sort of stuff and talked recently in a press conference about, hey, there's about to be a feeding frenzy on our program if we can't get some clarity here. So one way or the other, Oregon State and Washington State, I think they recognize they want to know. You know, I think Jake Dicker described it as open season, basically. Like for Oregon State and Washington State, there are going to be athletes, not just in football, but in other sports as well, that are saying, are we playing in the Mountain West next year? Is that really the plan? Because if so... I'm trying to compete at a power five level. That's in my best, you know, athletic career interests. And there are other schools that will offer me that. So if you can't offer me that, I'm going to seek uh, gainful educational and athletic opportunities elsewhere. See, I almost said employment, but we all know that that's not the case. At least anyway, that's a messy conversation. So I think that the outcome of it is being heavily monitored by people at the schools and outside the schools as well. I think everyone's like kind of going, well, let's you know, kind of see what happens. Let's let's see how this plays out. Let's see how it goes. Because if Oregon State and Washington State are left 
with not like, let's say the worst comes to pass, they get almost none of it. And they say, all right, we have to just say the pack is done and we're going to go join the Mountain West and play under that label. There's going to be a lot of roster rebuilding and God forbid some coach reshuffling perhaps at, uh, at, at those schools because it'd be pretty tough. So that's where they currently stand. A couple of things we got to get to to wrap up today's show. As the Pac-12 goes for its first college football playoff berth since 2016, Oregon and Washington both in great position if they went out to get into the playoff, and I don't think they'll be kept out if either does win out. The SEC and the ACC in this particular situation should be punished for something. Now, it's not a punishment to go to LinkedIn jobs because these days every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. And you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, right? So let's say you're, I don't know, Texas A&M and you're uh, looking for a new head football coach. Jimbo Fisher was not the best candidate. You know why they landed on Jimbo Fisher? They didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Go in there, create a free job post in minutes, and then add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your profile to spread the word that you are hiring. Small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires first leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Okay, I had this thought the other day, and I can't shake it, so that's why I'm sharing it. That's kind of the way this show works in one way or another. There is a competitive battle going on, a resume battle between the Pac-12 and the Big 12 and the Big 10 and the ACC and the SEC. It is a crowded, crowded group of teams trying to make the college football playoff. And something that is not being discussed anywhere that I have seen in all these resume debates. And, you know, people like Joel Klatt, who I think is really sharp, talking about what about this team versus that team or that team versus this team. It's something to think about. Here's something else to think about. Do you know off the top of your head? Just I'm I'm just curious here. Do you know off the top of your head who the number currently fourth ranked team in the college football playoff run race is do you know that is yeah it's florida state okay most people probably know that it shouldn't be florida state because washington has a better resume but it is uh do you know who washington's playing this week oh that's right it's oregon state it's oregon state who in the ap is ranked inside the top 10 and probably you know should be in the college football playoff as well okay so that so washington is going to play at oregon state who at worst is going to be a top 12 team in the college football playoff rankings maybe even top 10 at a place where Oregon State has lost just one time in the last two years. Okay, got it. So the team that's ahead of Washington is uh, Florida State. Both teams are 10-0. Florida State last week uh, won by seven at home against unranked Miami. Washington won by seven at home against then 13th-ranked Utah. Yeah, that's right. Okay, got it. And who who does Florida State play? Oh, that's right. Florida State is playing North Alabama this week. Hmm. North Alabama. That is, wait for it, an FCS program. Spencer, why would Florida State be playing an FCS program? Alabama is playing Chattanooga. 
Why would they be playing Chattanooga? That's a great question, random locked on Pac-12 fan. Let me tell you. The answer is that the SEC and the ACC, through the malfeasance of the powers that be in college football, have been allowed to schedule eight game conference slates for all of their teams. So as a result, every year, while the Big Ten, the Big 12, and the Pac-12 are playing nine league games, the SEC and the ACC only play eight. And yet we're supposed to pretend that every record is the same. Every record is not the same even when they look the same. Let's say, for instance, Washington wins this weekend and Florida State wins this weekend. In what universe can you possibly still have Florida State above Washington? They shouldn't be above them right now. I hope the College Football Playoff Committee rectifies this matter because a win over Utah, a ranked team, has to matter more than a win over an unranked Miami team, who's not bad. I'm not saying it's a horrible win. I am saying that Utah's win or Washington's win over Utah has to be better, right? has to be better. These teams getting their tune-up games late in the season, the week before they play their rivals, is ridiculous and unacceptable. And if push comes to shove, and it comes down to a Pac-12 team or an ACC team, or a Pac-12 team and an SEC team, the Pac-12 should get in because they're playing nine conference games. They are playing a higher caliber of competition. When you look at the holistic nature of their season, that is objectively true. I, I don't know how you can even argue it at this point. Alabama already played UT Martin and Ball State this year. They also played UAB. That's their non-conference slate. Michigan, for instance, has a pathetic non-conference slate. East Carolina, UNLV, and Bowling Green. Neither one of them has to play a Power 5 non-conference game. Neither one of them. Neither one of them has to play a Power 5 non-conference game. They can schedule three FCS or G5 cupcake games that aren't going to challenge them where they can rest their starters. And then sometimes these schools, because each individual institution, as I've said for a long time here on the show, has too much power over their own schedule. Scheduling continues to be and will forever be the biggest issue in college football. They have too much power. So North Alabama, competes in a league that I cover for my job as the voice of the Thunderbirds, the United Athletic Conference. It's an FCS conference. North Alabama is not even a good team in it. They're at the bottom of the conference this year. And that's who Florida State is playing in November in the heat of a title race. They need to be punished for that. I am not saying they can't make the playoff. But if it comes down to this school that played nine conference games or this school that played eight, it should be given to the ninth. If they have the same record and there's no head-to-head, -head, it should absolutely – you can't value that game you, or that record. You can't value that record the same way. It'd be absolutely preposterous. So the SEC and ACC, if it comes down to that, should in fact be punished. I am not saying that Florida State shouldn't be able to get into the playoff, that they don't have a resume worthy. I'm saying – that someone who's gone through a nine-game Pac-12 slate with the same record 
as a team that's gone through an eight-game ACC slate, in no world can those be viewed as the same. It just should not happen. So let's wrap up with this. This mailback question from Tyler. Uh, two questions. One, whether or not college game day is worried about bad optics, and two, why the Chargers stink. I'll start with why the Chargers stink. Uh, the answer is Brandon Staley stinks. <laughs> Justin Herbert's not the problem. Guy puts up 38 points and loses at home. Yeah, Brandon Staley stinks. Needs to go. So that's why the Chargers stink. Game day, though. Are they worried about bad optics? Absolutely. That's why I called them cowards and losers on yesterday's show. Because that's how they're acting. That's how they're acting. Full stop. It is straight cowardice and a loser mentality to be worried about going in and potentially getting booed or being part of a major network that covers college football to a place that, and being in front of fans at a place that's being left behind by realignment that is heavily influenced by television. It's a bunch of utter cowardice, and I don't care for it, as I talked about on yesterday's show. Those are absolutely the reasons. They wanted to avoid it, and so they went to hide behind the Jonas Brothers at James Madison. What a uh, just it's, – it's so bad it shouldn't be true, and yet it is. Oh, well. That's the world that they have chosen. Appreciate everyone listening. I'll see you next time, and until then, hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.